Well, Merry Christmas to you guys. It's December. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for allowing me. It's a hard place to come because you guys have had some amazing speakers. And Nick loves you guys as if you were family and pours into it like that every time he comes. How many newcomers do we have? Anyone new? Thank you for being here. <clears throat> Later on, it gets better as you get new people speaking. But here we go. Listen, so what a great series, right? And I've kind of tweaked it. I'm going to figure out how to get my computer on. And we all find ourselves in valleys at one point or another. And I'm going to start by going to scripture and talking to people who have found themselves in a valley. And one of the most common and known stories is Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. But Daniel had the three amigos with him, right? He had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what I want to tell you is, is if you're going through a valley, it's so much better when you have friends or people around you. Would you guys agree? Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I set up for you? Now, prior to this, you need to know how deep of a valley that these guys were really in. Israel had been taken over. Thousands and thousands of people had died. And these guys are slaves. They were brought into captivity. At that point, they were told that they had to eat certain foods, that they had to, to obey certain customs. And the whole time, these gentlemen, with respect, followed the true north. So, regardless of where you're at, we're not in captivity as of yet, right? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship, worship the statue I have made um, and hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, I will throw you immediately into a blazing furnace. And what God would be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to, to defend ourselves before you. If, you. if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us, and he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. So they're still being respectful. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Today, we as Christians, it's hard to be a Christian and follow Christianity without being called a prude or there's a million other words for it, right? These guys were asked to worship a statue and everybody else, everybody else from Israel that was captured is bowing down to this statue. Now, we know the story, right? He heats it up. They don't bow down. He heats it up to 10 times what the furnace is supposed to do. The people who throw them into this fire, it wasn't like they said, no, 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 no. Now that you're going to throw me in the fire, I quit. 
they got thrown into a fiery furnace from what they believed. That's a valley. Isn't that a valley? I don't care how strong you are inside, right? I don't care how strong your beliefs are. You've got to have some doubts when you're getting thrown into the fire. And some of you sitting out here today are going through a fire. Now, with Daniel, you know, Daniel did really, really well. In fact, he kind of got the attention of the king, right? And what happens when you rise to the top is the other people become jealous, and they went to the king and they said, hey, you know what, king, you know what we should do? For the next 30 days, nobody should worship anything else except you. And Daniel finds this out, and what does he do? He goes home. So the, the king issued this, and it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, and what that meant was when that was signed in the law, there was no going back on it. The king could not change his mind. He was held to a standard. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as what? Usual. So as he always did, and prayed three times a day. He was on the second floor, opened up his window. Second floor opened up his windows, prayed the way that he was taught to pray, and they run back to the king. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lion's den? And the king replied, yes. So then they go and they narc out Daniel. And the king doesn't want to put Daniel in. He even tells, he goes to Daniel and says, I have no choice. So Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. And the king the next morning, very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish. Daniel, my servant of, of the living God, was your God whom you serve faithfully able to rescue you from the lions. And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. I have found to be innocent in his sight and have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den and to be snatched and, and not a scratch was found on him. And he had trusted the God. Now, you know what I love about Daniel's stories? Is every time God rescues Daniel or his three amigos out of their peril. Right? And as Christians, especially in the Christian world, those are the stories we cling to. You ever cling to those? God's going to rescue me out of the fire. He's going to rescue me out of the situation I'm in. But that's not always the case, is it? It's not. And as Christians, there's other examples in the Bible. I hate the book of Job. It says, there was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. God allowed Satan to take his livestock, 
right, which was his money, his riches. Then Satan goes back before God, and God, God, the God that we serve, allows him to take his family. Then Satan goes back and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you took away his health, he's still healthy. And God allows just horrible boils to be on this man. Daniel, Meshadrach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? They're rescued out of their fire. Job was blameless, and Satan is allowed to do this. I hope that sets a little unsettled, right? But you know, the truth is, is every time that I've gone through a grief counseling, right? Or they teach you how to give grief counseling, someone who's deep in a valley, Job is the perfect example. He's what, he's the strength in which we find to battle through it, to get through the darkness. So there's times where God delivers, and there's time where God allows darkness, valleys, to overcome us. My favorite part is that no matter what we do, we have a choice. Job's wife has gone through all of this with him. And his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. That's a horrible wife. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should I accept only the good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. What a great example of someone who goes through a valley, right? You know emotionally he was tore up. He lost children. Have you ever been sick? Like even the flu makes me, there's a sickness that comes when you're sick. It comes in your mind and everything hurts and you start doubting things. Job still maintained his true north, which we're going to talk about. Then I go down to Esther. Now, Esther's valley is this. So Esther is a teenage girl. Her parents have both died. That's a valley. Would you agree? If you lost both your parents and now you're living with your uncle, that would kind of put me in a valley. They're under the rule of, a, of a, a king that doesn't worship the God that you worship. And then above and beyond that, she's really pretty. And in this stage, that would be a curse to you because the king sends out his headhunters to find him a new wife because of his old wife disobeyed and he put her out. So now she's 13, 14, 15 years old. She's brought into the king's harem, which I'm going to pick up from. This is in the Bible, guys. It says, before each woman was taken to the king's bed, he was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments, six months of oil and myrrh, followed by six months of special perfumes and ointments. When it was time for her to go to the king's palace, she was given her choice of whatever clothing and jewelry that she wanted to wear from the harem. The evening that she was taken to the king's private room, 
And the next morning she was brought to the second harem where the king lived. She would be under the care of the king's eunuch. A eunuch is a man that has had part of him taken away so that he is not tempted to sleep with the king's concubines and wives. And then she would never go to the king again unless he especially enjoyed her and requested her by name. So often in the Bible, we, we miss stories like that. Today, we call that human trafficking. Would you guys agree? And yet, the Lord, the Lord used her in that valley to do amazing things for her people. So her people were about to get eradicated. They were about to get terminated. They were about to get hung from the gallows. The Jewish people, her people, were going to get killed because of somebody else planning and plotting against them and whispering into the ear of the king. So through bravery, this young woman, right, a teenager, who's not allowed to go into the presence of the king, but because of the valley that she was put in, is able to save an entire people. So let's go back. We have Daniel and his three amigos. Pretty rough story there, right? But yet God used their example truthfully to save a kingdom later on. We love the stories of Daniel. Job. I don't even know what to say about Job. When I get to heaven, God's just going to have to make me understand why he would ever allow Satan to put that kind of darkness and evil upon a good man. I don't understand it. But what I do understand is that the millions of people that have been comforted because of it. And at the end, God blessed him ten times what he had before. And then we have Esther. Esther was brought into slavery from slavery into a human trafficking world where she still maintained integrity and joy and faith. What did all of these people have in common? Impossible situations? Do any of you guys feel that you're in an, in an impossible situation? We can be honest, right? Sometimes we got to be careful because we got to not let our feelings, what we feel, tell us where we're at. We could be sad, right? We could have a little anxiety, and that may not be a valley. It could be a desert time, a time where we're doing without. But some of you, due to a past, or due to something that's happening in your present, are in a true valley. And what you need to know is that there is beauty found in the valleys. And we're going to kind of talk about that. Do you ever notice in my life, a lot of times it's my sin. One that I didn't bring up was Samson. Samson, you know, he was given everything by God and all of God's blessing. And because he fell into sin... He's sleeping with a woman and finally tells her 
how to take away his God-given strength. They cut his hair, they gouge out his eyes, and they keep him at parties grinding, grinding uh, in a mill to make fun of this man now. That's a valley. But it was his own sin that put him there. What I find when you're in a valley, everyone understands a valley, right? It could be a time in, in your life where maybe you were abused as a child, physically, mentally, sexually, or that's still happening today. And you find yourself in a, a deep, dark place of depression. Have you ever been in the darkness? And you guys don't have to raise your hand on this. Let me tell you, there was a time in my life where it was dark. It was so dark that I could feel the weight of the darkness on me. Like, it was hard to even move. Like, at night, man, I was just holding on until the morning. And if you find yourself in those situations, that's okay. So I want to tell you, it's okay not to be okay. But you got to get help. You got to get help. You got to figure a way out. One of the things that, uh, that I find too, so is our sin, but maybe you stay in a relationship or a job. Let's start with a job. Maybe you stay in a job because you don't think you're any better or you're not willing to go back to school or, and you can come up with a million excuses, but if you find yourself in a place that's holding you down, it's keeping you in the valley and not raising you up to the mountaintops, don't let your fear or your laziness not allow you to do what's necessary to get out. Does that make sense? What about, what about sexual relationships? I've talked to so many people that go, yeah, but I'm already in the relationship. Well, you know, I've already had sex, so i got to make it work. And you find yourself in a valley because you're not willing to give up from the mistake you already made. Isn't there a time where if you're with Mr. Wrong or if you're with Mrs. Wrong, you're never going to find Mr. Right because Mr. Right ain't approaching you when you're with somebody else. And it goes both ways, male, female. Are you with me? If you're with Mrs. Wrong, and she ain't no good for your life, don't expect Mrs. Right to come rescue you because Mrs. Right ain't messing with you because you're already with Mrs. Wrong. You guys with me? Makes sense, right? If, <laughs> if it's love, I want you to know this, if it's love, then they give to you. Give. I'm going to say this a few times. If it's lust, then they're taking. Right? So what does love do? Love gives. Lust takes. If you want to know you're in a bad relationship, this is what you got to ask yourself. Is it love? Well, if they're always wanting some, it probably ain't love. It's probably lust. Men, if all you want is a little bit, then it's lust, and you're robbing and stealing from her. Girls, same thing. You're robbing and stealing because you're taking from. If it's love, if it's love, 
You're willing to wait. You're willing to give time. You're willing to be patient. You're willing to give abstinence. Why? Why? Because the truth is, if we go back in time, if I was to pull each and every one of you, there's a time where you made the mistake, or maybe not. Who knows, right? Even in your mind, that puts you into a valley. I just want you guys to know that decisions you make now, right? Daniel and his boys always had a true north, didn't they? Didn't they always know the direction that God had for them? They were educated. How do you get that way? Well, you read your scriptures. You read the word, and it tells you the direction that you can go, that you have to go to stay on course. So that way when you're, we're walking through the valley, because we're all going to go through valleys. Being a Christian doesn't keep you from valleys. Ask Job. But what it does do is it gives you, well, there's this road, this road, this road, this road, this road. And it says, that's your road. Always follow what is true. Don't compromise. Compromise makes it so that you turn from what is true. And if I'm coming out of the valley, if truth is guaranteed to get us out of the valley, because it is, God promises us that if you follow his path, you will come out of the valley. It's in the word of God. So it's true. But if you choose this road, what is going to happen? Well, that's the way out. That's nice. We don't want you to stay in your valley any longer than you have to. Give me two seconds. I just flipped my screen. If you find yourself in a valley, then we're going to take the steps to get out. God promises in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So why do bad things happen? Why, why do bad things happen that put you, 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 you into a valley? Things that have happened in your life. You guys want to know? It's called free will. And the free will that God gives each and every one of you is the same free will that he gave to the person that chose an evil path and hurt you. It's the same free will that he gives to your neighbor and he gives to the murderer and he gives to the parent and he gives to the child. It's the same free will that is truly love because without free will, we become robots to follow him. Does this make sense? If God took away your free will, he could just make a creature that loves him and worships him and it's perfect. But why is there sin in the world? Because he allows you to make the choice. It is a God-given right that you have the right to believe whatever you choose to believe, if it's true or not. It's your right. And it's given to you by God, the creator. But when you choose truth, when you're still in his will, that freedom protects others and it keeps you on a path 
But if somebody else makes the choice with their free will to hurt you, it's still the freedom to choose. And I want you to know this. I don't have an explanation for all of that, why God saves some and doesn't save others, but we're here for a vapor. The experiences that you're going through, no matter how painful and hurt, hurtful, hurtful, whatever that word is, right? Whatever that is, is only here for a vapor. I also want you to know that storms never last. I can promise you that the sun is coming. Both of them. The sun that shines and the son of God, right? I want you to know that no matter what darkness you're in, and some of you guys aren't going through darkness. You're going, this doesn't apply to me. There's going to come a time that you're going to stumble and fall or, or you're going to come alongside someone. I wish I could just speak over all of you and give you the blessing that you'll never go through a valley. I wish I could give you that. And I can, but not this side of heaven. Right? And I want you to know that you're going to make it through. You just got to make it through. Sometimes I remember just making it to the next day. I just want you to make it one more day. One more day. And coming out of the valley, I want you to take one more step. One more. And it's hard, right? And you're carrying a heavy load because you got burdens. And you got baggage. And you got memories. And you got things. And I want you to take one more step. When Daniel was taken into captivity, he did one more thing. And then he did one more thing. And pretty soon he was the head advisor to the king of that country, to a pagan king. It, it said that the three wise men, right, that came to Jesus came from that. It came from Daniel's line. It came from the people that he taught. There is so much that I wish we could know about Daniel, but it all started with one step here. So each and every one of you, you got to make one decision. I want you to make the right decision. You're in a relationship. Now you're not. That's one choice, right? And the other choice is I'm not going back into that bad relationship. Maybe you're in a good relationship and you're going to decide to stay in and fight for it and get some counseling to make it work. You guys with me? You're going to make the one step that makes sense. You're at a job that's a dead-end job. You're going to make the one step to get out. You're broke. You're going to make the one step to start making a little money or, or not spending as much. I don't know what it is in your life, but there's one more step to get out of the valley. Right? Now, real quick, what do you do what do you do when you're out of the valley? What do you think your responsibility is when you're out of the valley? So you've been in the valley. It's dark. It's cold. It's lonely. It's heavy. If you've ever been in a valley, it sucks. Can I say that up here? Because it sucks. It, right? And getting up the next day is hard. And looking somebody in the eye is hard. Hard. But you make it out. You find a way out. I'm going to warn you guys. You're Christians. You guys have a different responsibility out of the valley. So now you're out of your valley. Oh, and the sun's shining. And I got a 
creek with fresh water. And, it, oh, there's grazing animals. I don't see any wild animals. There's nothing attacking me. It feels good. What's your responsibility? You know what your responsibility is? <laughs> you gear back up and you're going back in the valley. Why? Why would I say that? Because the valley that I've come out of, right? What does a valley give you? What's the beauty in a valley? You know what? I know where the shelters are. I know where the pitfalls are. I'm a lot stronger too. I was a scrawny little chicken going into the valley. And for some reason as that wind whipped me and the darkness came upon me and I had to battle the demons and the wild animals in the valley, I became strong. You became strong. And now you're this, now you're the guy from uh, Lord of the Rings as the orgs come out of the thing and now you got your sword and they say, go back in the valley. And you're going, what? No, no, no. I got, I got some people that just like you two years ago. They're just like you two years ago. And I don't want them to have to go through the two years. I want you to go in and rescue them. What? In the valley? You guys hear me on this, don't you? And then you're going to do this. You're going to go, okay, and you're going to gear up. I've already been there. I know what I need to take. So you go in. And what used to be monsters is nothing anymore. They're like, bro, no, 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 not me. That ain't going to work on me. You, you were a monster to me two years ago. You're nothing to me now because I have the, I, the Lord's walking with me and he's made me strong. He's geared me up. He's given me armor. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about too, right? You ever had something that really scared you? It brought you to a place? Daniel's getting thrown in a lion's den. Somewhere along the lines, God prepared him for a lion's den. He gets in the lion's den, he's like, these are cats. Come here, kitty. Come here, I'm going to pet you. Yeah, wait until that king comes out here. He's going to throw the other people in, and then you can turn into a lion. But right now, you're a pussy cat, right? So you're back in your valley. Listen, if you're in the valley right now, find someone that was in the valley before. Hey, I, I need you. I need you to help me out of the valley. And we don't give, we don't, we don't give free handouts. We give hand ups. I'm going to walk you through it, but you're going to be strong too. Then I'm going to have two of us to go back in the valley. Anyone had a really bad date ever? Raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Bad dates. They suck, right? I made some mistakes. I ain't doing that again. Couldn't you coach someone to, from your mistakes? Okay, yeah, that was personal. But isn't it true? We find ourselves in depression. Isn't it awesome? So, didn't plan on this. I'm just going to shut this up because I'm going to tell you a little something, something. November 20th, 1992, I quit doing drugs. And I was in a pretty dark place in my life. I actually went to kill a man. November 20th, 1992, revolutionized and changed my life because I decided to get out of the valley that I was in. And we're not going to go into details. Let's just say he's not dead. Right? And some of you 
have made choices in your life that you have to make new choices. Some of you are in Babylon and God's calling you out to the promised land. Some of you have not given your lives totally to Christ. What was the ultimate valley story in the Bible? I'm supposed to stay Old Testament. We're going to go New Testament, right? Because there was God himself that decides to come from heaven where everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. And then he becomes a baby in a cave and put into a manger in swaddling clothes to two parents that were poor. From heaven to earth alone is a valley. And as he grows up, he knows that he's going to be beaten. How'd you like to know the future? You're going to be beaten. You're going to be whipped to the point where your vital organs, your guts are probably coming out of your body. They're going to take you by the beard and pull out your beard. Then they're going to put these thorns. I've been to the Middle East. These thorns are gnarly. They're going to push them on your head. Then they're going to make you carry a cross to Skull Mountain where they're going to nail you to a cross and you're going to die for the sins of everyone in this room. The most amazing thing, you know how I talked about going back into the valley? It was a choice that you have to make, right? God, the creator of the entire universe, made a decision to leave his mountain peak of perfection where he is worshipped, there's no pain, there's no crying, to come down to an earth to save you, to save me from my sins. My sins alone would, would weigh most people down. If we took the sins of everyone in this room, he bared them all for the world. For those that won't come to him, he bared their sins. And what do you have to do for him to rescue you out of this thing, the earth that leads to hell, valley? Because that's a true statement. You stay in the valley... You stay in your sin. You stay in, in the direction that apart from him. What do you have to do? You know what you have to do? And I'm just going to make this real simple. You got to go, you know what? Thank you. I give my life to you. Whatever it is, whatever I'm going through, Lord, the valley I'm in, it's yours now. What a heck of a deal that is. God, I'm going to give you my valleys. And in turn, you're going to give me your heaven. I'm going to give you my valleys, my sin, the things that I've decided to live. I'm going to make some sacrifices on this earth because sin is fun. And I'm going to turn from that. And I'm going to stay true north. And I'm going to follow you. Is there, a, is there a potion that goes with that? There's not. There's not a... God doesn't ask you to come. You got to get fixed first and then come to me. He says, just give... I give you my life. I give, I give it to you. Now you're the boss of my life. I'll be a slave to nothing else except you. I won't be a slave to pornography. 
I won't be a slave to greed. I won't be a slave to anger. I won't be a slave to, and you guys fill in the sin. The only thing I'm going to be a slave to is you, and I give you my valley. Does this make sense? If you're in a valley right now, just a valley, you could have already come to Christ, but if you're in a valley, I want to pray for you. Just a valley. And I don't want people to close their eyes because this is a family. When I, when I talk to Mr. Macedo and he tells me that you are family, that means that you're responsible for him and he's responsible for her and her and you're responsible for her because that's what family does. Because as a Christian family, we are in the rescue business of salvation and of valleys and of a little anxiety. And if you're hungry, if you're hungry, it's my job to make sure that you have food because you're family. If you're hungry, you come to me for food. And food can be a lot of things. It can be McDonald's hamburger, right? But it can also mean that I'm lonely. And there's times you're going to be lonely. God, I give you my life. If you're in a valley, just raise your hand. If right now it hurts, right? Is that true? Thank you. That's brave, guys. Keep your hands up. Look around the room. And this is what I want you guys to do. Pick someone, and that's okay. We're going to put our hands out. Put your hands out towards them. And you guys can put your hands down. Everyone knows who you are now. And we're just going to pray for you. Is that cool? Lord, we just lift up our brothers and sisters that find themselves in a valley. Lord, it, it's dark, it's cold. I don't know what they're going through, but you know what they're going through. And Lord, we ask that right now you give them an anointing, that you give them a power, that you give them a comfort, that you give them hope and strength. And most importantly, Lord, that they give their lives to you and you carry them through it. Lord, as the darkness surrounds them, I ask that you put a light inside them that burns through the darkness and lifts them to the next level. I also ask, Lord, that as they come through this valley, that you prepare their hearts, their minds, and their future to go back into what is now just a dip in the road to rescue and save other people. Lord, we, we lift up your holy name. We're, we're not all Daniels, and we're not all Esthers, and we're certainly not all Job's. But what I do know, Lord, is that you are the King of Kings. And no matter where we're at, we find you, Lord. The beauty of being in a valley is that we draw closer to you. If that's the case, then we're thankful for our valleys. We're thankful for the dip in the road. And we're thankful that you cared enough to come into our valley to rescue us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we anoint you. 